0: parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist and each week on Letters from Your Dog we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here, let's get to the episode. Hi, welcome to episode 57 of Letters from Your Dog, um, and this is an episode in honour of Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK this week. So that's obviously really important to me as both a psychologist and a behaviourist, because of course mental health is the absolute pinnacle of everything that we do with our dogs, and also that we think about in relation to ourselves and our dogs. If we don't have that piece, we are struggling with all of the other pieces. So it's super, super important. And I suppose kind of importantly, it's important to share this that I've actually come to sit down and record this episode about three times today and not been able to. Now that's nothing to do with the content of the episode, you don't need to worry, it's nothing, nothing too worrying. But just simply because my own mental health today wasn't at the best that it could have been. So I was feeling very overwhelmed when I woke up, quite anxious. I woke up thinking I have a million things to do. Some of them weren't related, some of them personal. Just felt like I had a lot on. And often when I feel overwhelmed, like lots of people... It's very hard to start doing anything because everything feels like like a priority, and when everything feels like a priority, how do you know where to even start? <laughs> and I know that that's an experience that lots of you have with your dogs, where you feel like there's lots and lots of things that you want to work on or build together, but it's hard to know where to start because maybe you've read a load of information or you've learned a load of things or you haven't. Either way, but you're like, okay, great, now what do I do? <laughs> so I just wanted to, to name that really and just talk about it. It's not really too relevant in terms of what we're thinking about today, but it is important just to to say that, you know what, we all feel like that sometimes. Um, I had a, I've had messages in the past from people who've said, Well, gosh like it was really helpful when you took a a couple of weeks off the podcast and you said it was because you were having a bit of a tough time because I hear people talking about this but I don't see them actually doing it like taking a break (laughs) or modeling it Um, and the last time that happened because one of my dogs was poorly I had five or six messages in from people who said thanks for actually like practicing what you preach and I do think that is important because we don't a lot of the time do we let's be honest I definitely don't I might say all these wonderful things do I actually always do them myself not always (laughs) but when we can and when we can kind of model what we think we should be doing it's it's muscle memory for our brain essentially so the more you say to yourself you know what actually i am overwhelmed this morning i can't do this right now i need to take a break the more your brain goes to that as a good response next time and of course you can override it if you need to if you've got a deadline at 12 and it absolutely has to be done of course you can override it it's your brain do what you want but it just means that you don't have to consciously make an effort every single time to take that break when you need it because you're, you're learning and you're learning to do it naturally and automatically, which is much more helpful. So anyway, that aside, also relevant for Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, but today we're going to be talking about a concept that I refer to as dual listening. So anyone that has taken my puppy course, Puppy Parenting 101, this is something that we talk about quite a lot in that course. And that's because it's so, so important when we're thinking about building that initial bond and that initial relationship with our puppies. Now, if you already have an adult dog or you've got a rehomed dog that you've brought into your home, that process will look a little bit different because that dog already has an emotional experience. They already have a learning history they already have potentially a relationship history with you or with other humans so it's going to look a little bit different but that's why when I am working with people who've brought a puppy home we think about this especially but it's relevant for all dogs today so the title or something similar whatever I named it (laughs) this week's episode is that the more you listen to your dog the more they tell you and the beauty of this is that you get more of an insight into how they might be feeling and how they might be reacting to the world good and bad and conversely they start to be able to listen to you a little bit more so if you're someone who's ever said my dog doesn't listen to me or my dog struggles to listen to me in this situation or that situation then hopefully this will be helpful for you but even if you're not We can always listen to our dogs more, just like we can listen to our friends more, our family more, ourselves more, like I was talking about a couple of minutes ago. We can always listen more and I don't think it's got much of a cost either. Because sometimes when we're thinking about things that we want to do with our dogs, there is a cost, there is a financial cost, there is a time cost, there is an emotional cost, but actually just taking a couple of seconds out of your day to really just get a bit curious and quizzical and saying, what are you trying to tell me right now? What is going through that furry little brain right now? (laughs) That can actually be really beneficial to both of you and there isn't a huge cost to us from my perspective anyway so let me give you a little bit of an example of this I've got a couple of examples from my own dogs which I hope will be helpful in terms of thinking about this and understanding a little bit more so this is let me take an example of Strudel first so Strudel when she was uh, she's my Liam and when she was about 10 weeks old we don't live there anymore but we lived in um i might have spoken about this on the podcast before actually i've mentioned it somewhere somewhere goodness knows where (laughs) um so where we lived before we had a door that went out into onto the path which led out to the back garden and on that path there was a tap which obviously was used for like the hose and all kinds of things during the summer months but it wasn't massively used in winter um and she was a winter puppy oh my goodness never again oh horrible standing out in the garden at three o'clock in the morning but that's neither here nor there (laughs) anyway I turned that tap on can't remember what for now but for some reason I turned that tap on when we were out there together One day, and she had sort of trundled over and stuck her head under it and thought, Oh, this is really nice. This is water coming into my mouth. Now, don't worry, she wasn't choking herself, there wasn't tons coming out, it wasn't a risk. She was fine, but she really liked that water coming down on her little face and she kind of lapped a little bit, little bit, little bit of it up, and she really enjoyed it that experience. So what started to happen (laughs) is whenever we went out into the garden, if she was a little bit thirsty or she just wanted that feeling of that water on her face, which she enjoys to this day, she would walk over to the tap, sit underneath it and look at me. She didn't make a sound, she didn't scrabble at it with her paws, she didn't do anything apart from just look at me. And so I'd say, Oh, you want your tap on? Okay, no worries, no skin off my nose. I'd walk over, turn the tap on for a couple of seconds. She'd have a little bit of a splash. I'd turn it off again and she'd walk away. She'd had her fill. (laughs) So she was quite clearly communicating to me in that moment, I'd like my tap turned on. Can you do that for me? And for the most part, I was like, Yeah, sure, no worries. Now, what if i hadn't have turned that tap on well maybe she would have got distracted and wandered off and been like oh well no tap today and maybe she would have got frustrated and started whining or crying or scratching at the tap i don't know i don't know because i never let it get to that point it didn't need to there was no risk Issue there. There was no, I don't know, mess issue. It was just going on the ground. There was no reason why she couldn't have that little bit of fun and something that she enjoyed and probably likely would have grown out of anyway. I don't know. We don't have the tap anymore. Precious tap is gone. <laughs> but that was something that I was easily able to fulfill for her. But it wasn't about the tap. The tap is kind of meaningless here. What it was about was actually she was saying, I have a need and a desire. I'm communicating that to you in a calm, very non-confrontational way. You're meeting that need. I feel heard. I feel listened to. And so that translates outwards. So the next time she has something that she needs, she's not got the learning history of, oh, when I ask for things, I never get them. She's got the learning history of, oh, when I need something and I communicate that to my mum, she usually comes through for me cool (laughs) and so she's then more likely to turn to me for those needs in future lots of people come to me and they say oh my gosh my dog gets so anxious but she can't get comfort from me she can't she doesn't choose me in those moments she goes and hides under the bed or the sofa and I always say well let's respect that that's clearly where she feels safe but it's clear that those people are like desperately wishing their dog would choose them in those moments and there's lots of reasons why that might be happening but one of them sometimes is actually have you done things in the past that show that you are listening that you are saying all right yeah we can do that if you'd rather do that okay so that's one example i'm gonna give a second example from strudel now so strudel is now six months old so she's quite a bit older We've moved into a building. So the downstairs area is communal and we have like a a co-working space where you can come down and work with other residents in the day if you want to. It's very dog friendly, um, obviously. (laughs) I'd hope so. And so quite often I'll bring Strudel down with me for a couple of hours. She'll work with me and then we'll take her back to my apartment. So um, the, the route from the co-working space back upstairs, we can either go the indoor route, which is down the corridor and then up in the lift, or we can um, take a detour and go out into the garden um, or you know, she can go to the toilet and all that kind of stuff and then we can go back inside. Um, so if I've been down there a couple of hours, more often than not, I will let her obviously go out and see if she needs the toilet before we head back upstairs, save coming up and down a million times. Um, However, a couple of weeks ago, so we'd come down into the co-working space via the garden. She'd used the bathroom. I was only down there temporarily for like 10 minutes because I was just meeting somebody. And then we were heading back up to the apartment. So she didn't need to go again, or so I thought. (laughs) And as we were passing by the door into the garden she just dropped flat onto the ground, just lay down, which is not something she ever does on the lead ever. Like I've never seen her do that before. She's always perfectly happy to trot along next to me. And so I stopped and I was like, what do you need? And she looked at the door into the garden. I'm doing it now as if you can see me. (laughs) She looked at the door into the garden and I was like, you need to go out clearly. So we went outside. She needed a poo. So I thought that she was good to go because she'd done a wee like 10 minutes before, but actually she needed something else. So again, I could have said, no, come on, you've been, you don't need to go in, come on, let's go. And I could have dragged her upstairs to the apartment, upon which she could have gone to the toilet in the house, she could have whined and cried, she could have been quote-unquote uh, disruptive or destructive even because she needed the toilet and I'm like what's wrong with you come on calm down settle down <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me so you can see that actually by listening to her and saying, I hear you, you're trying to tell me something right now. Not only does it benefit Strudel, my dog, but it benefits me too, because I don't have to then potentially deal with the fallout of not having listened to her. And lots of you will be able to relate to this in terms of your relationships with people. (laughs) Think of a time in your life where you haven't listened particularly well, and we've all done it multiple times, and actually the consequences of that be that with your child with your spouse with your colleague whomever is actually negative so those consequences are negative they've come you've had an argument or someone has excluded you from something or told you off or criticized you and you thought god if i would just listened to what you said in the first place we'd be in a much better position right now so that's another example from strudel i'm gonna give you one more quite similar actually from my dog riggs who is my older dog a couple of days ago um riggs does not like the rain I, I empathize i don't like the rain either <laughs> and um i need to take him out for a walk because various events that were happening that day and it just started to just rain a little bit and that's usually okay so we headed out and as we were about 10 minutes into our walk the heavens opened and it tipped it down there's like torrential rain <laughs> and i was sort of in my own head a little bit doggedly kind of walking on and he stopped, sort of like Strudel had. And he looked at me <laughs> and I said, Come on, Rue, let's go. And he lifted his foot up and I said, like, Oh, have you hurt your foot? So I started looking in his pad, looking on his nails, couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything. I think that lifted foot was like a signal to say, Let's turn around and go home. So that's exactly what I did. I was like, All right, I hear you, got it. I don't want to be out here either. Let's go home. <laughs> so I went, we walked home, there was no other sign of injury whatsoever the whole way home, got in the house, toweled him off, he snuggled up in his bed, happy as anything. So those three examples are all very simple. Again, they were no skin off my nose. If anything, they benefited me, especially the last one. I didn't want to be out in that rain either. (laughs) Um, But each time, hopefully my dog or dogs felt listened to and felt heard. So if you think about it, I could have looked at any of those situations differently. So the first example, strudel with the tap. Yes, it was super cute because she was a tiny little ball of fluff, obviously. But I could have been like, no, come on, you're making a mess. You're getting your fur wet. You're getting water everywhere. It's, you're going to slip. No, we're not doing that right now. Um, You've played with it once. You're not playing with it again. For her, the example of her wanting to go out to the toilet in the in the garden, I could have said, look, no, you've been 10 minutes ago. You do not need to go again. Come on, let's go. Back up, back upstairs. Um, and for the example is Riggs in the rain. Look, you need a walk. I'm going to be gone for a few hours. I need you to get some exercise in. Come on, let's go. I could have approached any of those situations in those ways or numerous other ways looking at it from a negative perspective, looking at it from the perspective of my dog's being difficult, my dog's making my life harder, my dog's being a pain, my dog's acting in a ridiculous way, they're overreacting, when actually they weren't at all, they were clearly communicating a need to me and they wanted to be listened to. So the most important thing that I want you to take away from this is... The more you, like the title says, the more you listen to them, the more they talk to you. So the more you start to do this kind of thing, you will notice more and more signs you will say oh that's interesting I've never seen you do that before oh what does that mean and I just openly question I say what do you need what's going on what how can I help you right now (laughs) Um, and they will often do something or offer something that gives me a little bit of a clue as to what I can do to help them and I don't always know it's not always clear um but you will start to see more and more little signs um now just to be clear as well this, I'm not saying that you should always do what your dog would like to do because that's not always practical sometimes you might be in a massive rush sometimes you can't go to the right because you're going to the vet and that's to the left <laughs> so it's not always possible to do what they they ask to do right however if you listen to them the majority of the time and when they ask you for something you're and you're able to provide it, you give it to them. On those few little times where you say, you know, sorry, buddy, not right now. I can't do that right now. They accept it. They accept it unless they're desperate for the toilet or something like that. But they do accept it because actually their, his, their learning history is, you know what, most of the time I do get my needs attended to. So on the off chance where it doesn't happen and i have to wait a little bit i can i can take that i can handle that and i think again most of us can relate to that as well if you've got a friend who's always there for you always super supportive listens to your rants <laughs> i've got lots of fr- lovely friends like this listen to your voice note rants replies to your messages asks you about important things that happen in your life shows an interest on the off chance that they don't do those things you don't jump to the thinking about them negatively you might wonder if they're okay um, and you might ask them about that but you don't jump immediately to that negative so it works exactly the same with our dogs in my experience anyway so, I'd be really interested to hear about your experiences with this. If you do start to try and listen to your dog a little bit more, and you do see some changes, I'd love to hear about them. Do drop us a DM on Instagram, Pause Up Dogs Training, or send me an email to info at pauseupdogs.com. I always love hearing about your dogs, and it's wonderful when our listeners get in touch and tell me about them. So, do feel very, very welcome to do that. I hope this has been helpful. Happy Mental Health Awareness Week, whether you're in the UK or not, it really doesn't matter. I think we can all be more aware of our mental health and mental well-being as much as we possibly can. It benefits us and it benefits our dogs. And I will speak to you next time. Okay, take care. Bye for now.